Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted. This is season three, episode number two, getting right back at it. I'm your host, John McStravick, joined here by my co-host, Alex Katza. How you doing, Alex? It's good to talk to you again. We're uh, keeping this rolling along, so no time for idle chit-chat, though. Let's just jump right on into it. Um, so for our opening discussion, I just wanted to kind of, we're leading up to our draft that you and I are in uh, next weekend, and I just wanted to get an idea of kind of what do you do leading up to it? What is your basic prep work strategy? I like to take a couple experts uh, ADP lists and sort of take a look at kind of what they're thinking and uh, sort of put my own spin on it, sort of think, because uh, like Lamar Miller earlier would have been a good choice. He'd have been higher up on some people's lists. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing, or like, you know, some of those players that you know are going to get injured, like Todd Gurley's a little injury prone right now in his career. Um, they may have him higher. So I like to take that, their list of it, and sort of adjust it. You know, I make my own list similar to theirs, almost modeling it off theirs. But, you know, like we talked about last week with Saquon Barkley, he's not my favorite, but everyone else is telling me he should be. Yeah, that, that's always a hard part, too, when you feel like in your gut you don't really want to put somebody at a certain draft spot, especially in that first round. But, like, every single write-up has him. Right. And every mock draft and every ADP has him at it, number one. And it can't just... be right because, I mean, the people, in my opinion, that are the best running backs are the guys that had the year off. You know, a lot of times they had a chance to get fresh legs. Like, uh, Adrian Peterson had two years in a row where for whatever reason he took a year off, one was injury and one was other, uh, but he came back each of those seasons and put up 2,000 yards because he had fresh legs where the other running backs really didn't get a break. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'd say, probably a big question as far as Le'Veon Bell goes. Is the year exactly. off actually going to help him or is it going to hurt him? It'll help uh, him, but it, he's with the Jets, so how much does it help him? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have that offensive line. Uh, you saw Pittsburgh obviously could put anybody back there and they still put up those yards. So it's a big question mark. Um, I like the fresh legs idea more than him in a decline. Uh, these guys are workout machines anyway. So what else though do you do besides just obviously hitting up the draft list? Like that makes total sense. Everybody does that. That uh, is like ground zero for your, uh, to begin your strategy. So like what else do you do? Do you, just print a bunch of these out? Do you make your own spreadsheets? Like, do you have other things that you do that kind of are unique or just what you, makes you feel comfortable that heading into? Yeah, I like to day? set up a, a no list. One of the first things I do is a no list, a big hard pass. Um, like okay. my, my AJ Green is my number one, like, no thanks. You it know, has been for years. It has been for years and you've seen it. You've seen it work out to where, you know, it's a good thing he's not on my team because he's not playing you know, week 13, 14, 15, he's well, inconsistent. He might not play even week one, two, or three this year. Right. So th- that's the first thing I do is I go through and I go, I don't want this person. I don't want that. For whatever reason, there are always different reasons. Some of it, right. you said, I'm not a, I'm not a certain fan of like the Panthers. So I won't draft a single Panther. You know, that's, it's one of my weird things that I do and I'll get over it if I have to, but for the most part, I'm not looking for them, you know, like something like yeah. that. And I I like that. And I totally makes sense, especially because you need to have a certain philosophy going into your draft. And I actually think starting with the do not drafts helps inform your players. You do want to draft, especially when you get into that early mid round stage where 
a guy might be somebody most people would take in a certain round at a certain pick, but you're just like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't think he's worth it, period. Uh, and then that, that opens up then, okay, then who do I think is more valuable here? So that totally makes sense to me, uh, especially A.J. Green is type, one of those type of players that second or third round would be available. But for you, not taking him clears the way then for some other players. And do you remember when I brought it up, though? I brought it up years ago before he was ever as inconsistent as he is now. He was pretty consistent when I brought it up. You know, he only had like yeah, one or two I, injuries back then. He was a guy I always took in that second Absolutely. round if he's available because he's going to get you the points. And then you just take it with the understanding that there's probably going to be at least three or four games he won't play. Right. But again, that's not your part of your strategy. So I totally get that. Um, and I have those players too that I... And I will actually get to that a little bit in strategy talk, uh, the do not draft players, because I think it helps set a better foundation for everything else by kind of having that feel from the get go. Because that's also easier. It kind of just starts your whole draft feel rolling by just saying, you know what, these guys are no goes for me. So then after that, you have X amount of top line players left that you can now start uh, maneuvering them around where you think they, yeah. they rank. Process of elimination definitely makes it a little bit easier when you're a little bit inebriated and you're not in your best headset. Totally. Um, so what else? Do you have any other little strategies like that? Like what's the next thing you do after you kind of create a do not draft list? After the do not draft list, I create my like four different sections, running back, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback. And I just sort of rank them, um, probably do top 10 for all of them. And that's pretty much where I want my team to be past that it's pretty much you're picking out of a hat depending on who it is. I mean, there's some value picks later in the draft that I don't generally try to think about too much. You know, like I have one or two sleepers each year that I'll draft across the board 15th round, 16th round, just like my Chubb last year. Nick Chubb was my mystery relevant, and then I dropped him before he was relevant, you know, stuff like that. I was going to say that's a great pickup, but then you dropped it. It was. I was. I had. I think I had to write him in. That's how irrelevant he was on our live draft. No way. Wow. Now he's going to be a top, He's going to be a first round pick this year. Um, you think so? I, well, that brings me to the other thing. Do you take a running back first? You know, we, I always talk about it. That's where most people say that's the strategy: is you take your workhorse. And- I think you do. I am a little bit more. We talked to it last week. A little bit of the zero RB strategy idea. I've always been not big on wanting to take a running back, but I've have noticed over the past few years that I think it's a necessity, especially if you're in like the top three to four picks. Just take whatever top available running back. There so is yeah, and roll if you're one through four, you absolutely have to take a running back. Taking a wide yeah, receiver I, there would be pretty outlandish yeah just because you're going to get the snake back and then try to get the next two best receivers at that point i I feel like and because to get that kind of production out of a running back that high is so like it's three four picks and then that's it and then it drops off precipitously so i think you roll with that um but outside after you get out of four then you can start debating but i agree general yeah once those top five go off the board I think you start looking at the other top lists, you know what I mean? That gives you a chance to get one of the the better slots that uh, aren't as big as the running back position right now. Yeah, and uh, that's why I like your idea of the uh, the overall uh, position player list kind of rankings based off of your full list rankings. Right. So, but uh, I noticed you mentioned something on uh, Instagram or Facebook uh, a little bit ago, like a week or two ago on our chat, uh, on our um, Facebook group, that you were making an app for your whole draft. Yeah. So I've made this app. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I basically, it's a big post-it note, essentially, where 
Uh, each time you click on a player, it opens up uh, a draft note where you can put whatever you want in there, whether it's which buy he has, which week, um, what your concerns are, um, stuff like that. You can write whatever you want inside the list. And basically it is set up, it's sorted by their ADP. Um, and it's not finished yet, so I, this is as far as it's gotten. Uh, eventually, I'll have it set up where you can choose the experts ADP. So it'll give you their list in the draft where you can go, okay, well, who, do, who would they pick right now? So you click on their list and it would show you who the number one pick is based on who's already been taken and, and who's left. Um, as of now, it's all hard-coded for what I think that list is. So I've done all of the algorithm on paper and then inputted my list, whereas eventually I want the list to be able to sort it out. And is this going to be ready for our draft or is this still a work in progress that's going to be a longer term project? It'll, it, it'll be a work in progress probably always. I feel like all of these things have iterations. It's ready to yeah. go right now. I can delete. So as soon as you pick up Christian McCaffrey, he's off my list. He's out of my database. I never see him again unless I click on refresh list to the very beginning of the day, essentially. But otherwise, he's gone. He's not on my, my app anymore. So are you going to be using it at our draft? I'd like to believe I am, but in the moment, I definitely am all about audibles. I definitely adjust based on a situation. So I'm going to bring it. I'm going to open it up. You know, things get going. We have a little more fun on at our drafts than, than you would prepare for. So there's always the intangible things that happen where... You know, you just, you're not paying it. You think you're good. You don't need it anymore. You stop going off the list because you're just having so much fun in that day. Things happen in the day that change your point of view that you had going into totally. it. All right. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see this. I always think uh, creating your own app is an idea I always would want to do, but uh, I don't have the background and I have yet to do. Sure. The, so I'm open to ideas. I know it's, I know it's easy nowadays to learn it. It's just, I haven't put that time in to do it, but I thought it was cool that you're uh, just kind of cracking out some homebrew code and yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you've got to pay 30 to $50 for somebody else's app that essentially does the same thing. Yeah. And that's what uh, for myself, I kind of do something similar as far as I create uh, what you do is, as your whole process, I don't, I didn't get to the next part of creating my app to right. kind of do right. this automatically, but I basically go find the ESPN and Yahoo top 200 ADPs or their rankings. Right. And then from there I put input them into a spreadsheet and then I will then make a third spreadsheet. That's basically a morph of those and putting them in, then re-ranking them in my order right. of how I feel so, certain players are, um, which is very close to both of what those are. And then from there, I create a separate spreadsheet again by position of pulling each one from right. just how the players are. But even there, I might then tweak it based on position because like the overall draft board is a little different than when if you're looking player by player in each position. And that just helps obviously with like the need versus the best player available. And once you get into the, you know, third, fourth and fifth rounds, that's when the need starts to overtake. Uh, necessarily best available um, so and I think a lot of people do that it's just a matter of if they actually sit down and put them into kind of a spreadsheet yeah. on their computer or not which is what I do it seems like you do and obviously you taking it a step further and then the basic research though before that the best thing for me well the uh, one is the mock drafts I, I try to do as many as I can sure. it usually ends up being like five or six at, at most I mean who has I don't have that much time to do see. you finish them too do you make it all 16 rounds or do you kind of check out after like seven or eight I try to. It depends. The more I do them, the more I check out at the end. Um, I always just check for 12-team leagues or 10-team leagues so that it doesn't go on oh, yeah. I always do 
Ten team leagues, yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah. It, it, I like the the first couple. I like to stay for through the whole thing just so I know what people are picking, even though I think people are checking out. But it helps me just to kind of keep me sharp so that it's like, oh, if that guy's taken or that look who's still available at this round, like it keeps me it, getting me game ready. It's true. Game there ready. was one year I did a lot of preparation with mock draft to the point where if I was the first round pick, I figured out who my second and third round picks would be based on that. You know, I was like, if I take him in the first round, who is going to be left in second and third for me, snaking around, you know, 20 spots? So I re- yeah. I did that, and then I did it at the 10th spot and did the same thing. Who am I going to get second and third round? I wasn't worried about who I got first round. I wanted to see how it affected the rest of my list. And that was the year I did really well, when I actually put forth that much effort to go in, okay, well, now if I'm fourth, what do I do? Yeah, and that that's like the best thing about the mock draft. So more, if anything, it outside of it kind of giving you a feel for who's going to take who that really only pertains to the first like two rounds because after that people just start trying things but it gets get you sharp and ready to kind of adjust based off somebody's taken like okay how am i going to adjust based on need and best player available in those mid to later rounds so that's what i love about the mock drafts and then overall just keeping a tab um me being in the dynasty football league uh we have the rookie draft every summer in like uh probably like mid-july so Leading up to that, I am kind of dialed in to generally what's going on in fantasy football and or overall football. So I get to, because I have to check in to see, all right, well, who's the top rookies available? What teams are they on? How does that factor in based off of a depth chart? And I really think that helps you later in the draft more than other people who haven't done that. And, and it does. And that's mostly where that comes more into play then, because then I have a feel for some of the rookies who might be able to break out or even just second year players, because you've got to see again, who drafted, what teams drafted, what player do they have guys ahead of him or do they look weak? Or is there a second year player that is going to, you know, break out? Like you just start getting other tangential news based off of your research through rookies um and i have just a general idea of depth charts so then i can and from there i'm able to kind of get a flyer like i'll get you know um kind of take a tab on a few different random names to get thrown out based off of the sites that kind of like make these lists of people to look for yeah uh so then i anybody who just for whatever reason strikes me i will keep i'll write them down and kind of just keep tabs throughout the rest of the off season to kind of see where their uh, camp battle is playing out and that helps me though again just be overall be in the vibe and in within the realm of football to understand what's going on and then like you said it helps me in the later rounds as well uh specifically with strategy so that's how i generally um stay up to date and that that's why that dynasty league really is what keeps me plugged in uh and helps then my redraft sure. a lot of times in those late drafts and late rounds i usually try to get other people's handcuffs yeah oh so you like to trade then well we don't do a lot of trading no. uh, in our group uh not for top rounders we do a lot of inconsequential trading we do a lot of like wow that was anticlimactic what yeah. wes welker for eric decker wow well and that's I, I that's a topic for another day but trades to me are always tough because most people don't do need for need they just think oh here's a couple players and trade them for that one good player and it's like two dimes and a nickel don't equal a quarter in <laughs> trades not everyone's gonna agree but, on the the value of of a person either because i look at them like stock and other people look at them as a name all right well the last thing that i do that has been monumentally inconsequential in (laughs) my research is doing a fantasy football podcast so yeah that's on the list but uh it is yet to bear any fruit of me doing well but we'll see if we can keep that uh we can change those uh that record 
But so, though, let's get into this breaking news segment. Flat, flat, flat. So we're rec- <laughs> there it is. There's a uh, homegrown wow uh, wow horn. There it is. Breaking news. Breaking news. We have the day after the announcement of Andrew Luck retiring at the ripe old age of 29. 29. Holy moly. You know, I can't I can't blame him. I really, you know, a lot of people are mad and they're probably Colts fans. Uh but essentially he wanted to remember playing football. You know what I mean? Like he's at the point where he's like there's been a lot of studies. I get hurt every year. Uh I may not remember this when I'm at my age at 40, you know. So I feel like he chose himself over the NFL, and that doesn't normally happen. So everyone's really confused and angry, and they'll get over it because of the timing. That's really why they're upset is when he pulled the trigger. Yeah, that's more what I think it is. Like, I don't mind that he's retiring. I don't really care. I've never been a huge Andrew Luck fan in the general sense. Like, I know he was good, and depending on where he was at in a draft, I might take him. So was if- RG3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old RG3. Yeah, and Sam Bradford, right? And Sam Bradford, sure. Tony Romo's a really great announcer. (laughs) uh, I don't think Andrew Luck has a career in uh, announcing. I never really hear him talk too much, but man, if that... He's got that that deep voice. He has a deep, 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 deep voice. Uh, but yeah, but it, it is questionable about the timing of all this. Like, uh, I mean, you're talking about like two weeks before the beginning of the season and now this is when you choose to right. retire and, I, and the Colts still let them keep $24 million. Like, yeah, we don't mind. I mean, but I, well, this is in years past, we've had our drafts earlier in August this year. We're having it Labor Day weekend. Yep. So we are a week before the kickoff season. So this helps, but we, this would have like. Yeah, embroiled our league in controversy. And you know, if this happened, good and well, Albie would have taken Andrew Luck. You know, good and either, well, a, either either Albie or Sam, and either one of them would have thrown a shit fit and the about entire all this season. You would at week from week, you would not stop hearing about it. Oh my god! But yeah, so we're lucky on that front that we didn't have to worry about this. Although it does change the strategy, though, because he is that mid-round yeah, quarterback pick, absolutely. especially after the season, the bounce-back season he had last year. The new coach, it seems like they're all clicking. They have some good receivers, and now it's for nothing. I mean, man, yeah, look out for that Jacoby Brissett uh, connection with Ty Hilton. That's, but that's the thing is that takes Ty Hilton's ADP and drops it about twenty points. You know what I mean? So it does yeah, I know. That's why this has a pretty big effects outside of just the QB spot. I mean, because now you're like, well, are the running backs going to get more play yes. now, or is that whole Ma- offense just going to Marlon Mack's value goes up because of it. The tight end goes up because of it, but. But they also have what Nyman Hines over there too at running back. So it's yeah. like, a, do you think they'll split the carries there and they'll both just get more carries? Like it's a lot. It changes a lot of questions. Yeah, about it's what's possible. Going on. It's absolutely possible. But I, I think it definitely it decreases Ty and increases Mac. Okay. All right. So you do think it bring, bumps up Mac? Okay. Yeah, and I think people uh, I, I aren't going to think about that. I feel like there's going to be people in the draft who aren't going to really correlate that Max value goes up. You know what I mean? They're still going to leave them where they had them before. If they're not paying, if yeah. they're not re-downloading the list, you know what I mean. Well, I, I think Max Stock has been up generally because he has some has have had some solid. He had a good last four weeks. He really did last year. Yeah, and I've been seeing his name more and more, just kind of bandied around, and probably in those mid-range picks. If you're trying to find your, you know, backup running back, he's probably that type of running back right now. But again, you could possibly start to look at him as like back end RB one if. You know, yeah. depending Low on end how one, it all high shakes end out. Low two, sure. 
Yeah, I'm definitely jumping up into the higher end too now. Um, so speaking about running backs, uh, also at the same time that this weekend that this news was happening, Lamar Miller of the Houston Texans goes down with the ACL tour tear done for season. Uh, does that affect you? Any of their running backs on the Houston Texans? I mean, they just picked up Duke Johnson like a week ago. I, I honestly was just not even going to look at Lamar Miller. I was just going to look at uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, even going into it, I was going to try to take him further down. Um, people, again, not even thinking about the fact that I figured he would be the workhorse in the second half of the season. Only because of the stat that he came off of, like, seven yards per carry with the Browns. You know, like, he, he had... Yeah, a- yeah well, the way, what I was reading was that he basically wasn't uh, picked as, like, the bell cow because he's more better pass-catching running back, and that's where he gets a lot of his... Uh, stats from but now they're talking like some of the report beat writers down in Houston think that he's going to pick up and be the number one overall running back there although I've heard a few other the two other names was Karen uh, Higdon who's I think a rookie maybe or a second year player who they're curious if he'll pick up some more carries and uh, Damara Crockett is currently the next one after Duke Johnson in the pecking order so it'll be interesting plus everybody thinks they're going to pick up another uh, depth running back so there's some veteran will be on that team it'll be curious to see how that all turns out but my thing is I still just not sure if there's going to be now a committee and they have such potent weapons at wide receiver and with that quarterback I just don't know how much they're going to run the ball outside of if they're up a lot or a few pass catches. that's true they've got they've got Fuller and they've got Hopkins and I mean I think Fuller had like 11 touchdowns in 11 games last year. So they really don't need that running back position to be a great running back, just more of a game managing running back, picking up first downs here and there and nice little screen And I passes think that's what Duke Johnson is. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's what Duke Johnson is. And he's, he's definitely capable of doing those specialty plays like uh, third down and short uh, goal line situations. Right, right, right. So he will get, he could get a lot of touchdowns though that way. He could, um, but at the same time, they have two real high-powered wide receivers, and they've got a high-powered quarterback to throw it to them. So, or until, or run it in, run run the ball in those situations, those short yard situations right. as well. All right, and moving on to more running backs, uh, Zeke deal in the works here, or is that have you changed your uh, feeling on him where you would take him in the first round? You know, at this point, there's so much drama with the Dallas Cowboys. I really want nothing to do with it. Um, Amari Cooper is only going to catch the ball half the time. Zeke is a great running back. If you can steal him and you think he's not going to pitch a fit somewhere in the middle of the season, which I know he will, you know, he's had controversy throughout his entire career. What's to say something doesn't, what some video of an elevator doesn't show up just out of nowhere. You know and I just, I don't trust the Cowboys right now. And when he's way of, he's away from camp, you know. Yeah. The boys will play. Boys will play. Especially, uh, like him Especially. all right so we'll see uh yeah it, it, his it'll be tough if he if you have like the fourth or fifth pick i think in a draft that's going to be the difficult decision because that's where i think he'll generally go um and you have to make that choice is he worth the risk or do you want to just get a top line wide receiver at that point yeah i I'm, i mean it would be worth the risk if they work it out and he puts up the same numbers that he always does it's just Again, you have to be you have to be ready for that to happen to where 
he's not your number one running back. Yeah, because then you're almost having to draft another running back in the second round at that point as your backup. So then, so then here's the thing: if you do, you say, okay, I'm going to pick up Zeke. I'm going to take a chance. I'm at the sixth spot. He's still there. Um, I'm going to grab him. I think maybe fourth or fifth round, you've got to pick up one of the other two running backs they've got. You know, they got they've got at least two other running backs that they're ready for that look good in preseason. Yeah, Tony Pollard is definitely going up the charts for the handcuff there. So, yeah, that's definitely all got to be a part of your strategy. So, I I don't know. I'm just more trying to stay away from that. Yeah, I don't want to have to do that because in that that position, you're wasting your other pick. Yeah, I totally agree. So, uh, one other running back break uh, news. Still Melvin Gordon, we didn't touch on last week, uh, still holding out. Looking like a Levian Bell situation. That's crazy, also isn't point. he in his third year? Isn't this this is like yeah. the time when usually the running backs break out? Their third year, it's a contract yeah. year. They're usually uh, well, Melvin's are, and he's already been a breakout. It might be his fourth, but either way, third or fourth, he's still. It's 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 very curious, and he would be uh, probably a back end uh, first round pick, I think, or very early second. I, if, I think he and, was worthy of a first round based on his production from last year. A hundred percent, but now. I mean, are are you just completely not touching him, right, at this point? I it it really depends. Uh, well, we've got like what four more days to to figure it out. If we're in the same position in four more days, and there hasn't been any sort of talk, and they're not giving us anything, then I'm not going to touch him. Um, what about in like a fourth round? Just hypothetically, say he's available in a fourth round, would you take him? Do I in this if, under the, if I under if the, I have a tight end, if I have a wide receiver, um, and a running back already? I think I could take him. If I already have my top three at those positions, I think it's worth it. Okay. You know, you don't need a quarterback okay. this year right away no. because there are a ton of really good young quarterbacks. That's right. I agree. Uh, that's generally where I'm looking at right now. Okay, so let's move on then from breaking news into more strategy talk. Strategy talk. So let's first touch on, uh, we briefly were touching on this idea of the do not draft players. Is there anything more we're specifically talking about over the hill players that you do not draft? And <laughs> let's even just say this is um, fifth round or earlier, because I feel like even all do not draft lists after a certain round and like, let's let's say six round or lower, you might start considering them just because you can start maybe filling out with some depth with some value players. So anything fifth round or higher is a do not draft for these over the hill players who are, are good veterans though. Right. Um, and I'll start it off just to kind of go, get it going a little bit. Um, I'd say Tom Brady, AJ green, McCoy, Fitzgerald, and, uh, Jimmy Graham. You missed one. He's on your team. Sproles. Sproles. Okay. Yes. I, I, I don't even know if I would pick Sproles though in the fifth round, top five. Anyway, top five. He's such anyway. a good running back. He, they utilize his skills as best they can. He's just, he's not a fantasy football running back. So what are your thoughts on like those five players? I have actually a few more, but I was just curious. To, like, yeah. I'd add Roethlisberger to that list. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think about him. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, so who would be like your top five? You wouldn't draft in the top five rounds. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't go Brady. He also is another one of those. That's like the 10th best quarterback quarterback in fantasy he may be mm-hmm. the number one best quarterback in you know the Patriot fans eyes but um, and he's good with regular football but he spreads the ball around and they do enough stuff to really screw fantasy teams um, to Bellatrick you as I call it uh, or as everyone calls it I didn't make it up uh, that was coined here first yeah I uh, trademark. We'll, we'll trade we'll tra- we're gonna trademark that <laughs> yeah so like things like that like he he 
does really well at football, but I wouldn't pick him on my team even the 10th round just because his numbers uh, never correlate to his skills. You know, whereas like Drew Brees will chuck the ball down the field a hundred times. You know what I mean? Okay, well, that's great. I'm glad you brought up Drew Brees. I have him on my list. I decided to leave him off the top five, but I am he's on my borderline of two old do not draft top five rounds now. Um, I it's same thing. I think he's 40 this yeah, year or at least 39. I, I and, it, and it's just this father time thing. And he's I, only getting shorter. He's only he's only getting shorter. And those offensive linemen are only getting taller. Mm hmm. And he's and the thing is he's got some weapons to dump off to in uh, Michael Thomas as well is in there so I mean they can well, do sweeps the thing, but, but they he can has, do sweeps he has like but he has what is considered one of the top two running backs in all of football so would they maybe just start handing the ball off more? yeah and I feel like Kamara has a better chance this year too uh, of getting way more carries uh, because Ingram isn't there to steal the goal line right and so then he might just get ahead of steam it might I wonder if that's just going to shift the offense uh, a little bit but I you know it's just the question is like. He's going to continue to be able to do it. I guess you can look at it. He's kind of like a Brett Favre in the sense he's got a rubber arm, so he can still always chuck the ball, and he does have the weapons to get downfield. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is a great uh, comparison to him, both with one championship. So is Aaron Rodgers still a high draft pick for you as far as quarterbacks go? Oh, absolutely. If you can get him in the second and third, you should take him. But in our league, he's gone – Every year, first round to Kyle. So we know that going in, but not not having everybody else know that, you're going to take him in the second round and the third round. And he was phenomenal in the playoffs last year. He got me 40 to 50 points in one of the weeks. And I generally like when a really talented offensive player, especially like a quarterback, gets a new coach, especially after what was considered like a stagnant offense, and he still put up those numbers. Sure. But now he has a new offense some new weapons and like just probably is more energized because there's new ideas in their system. I feel like he could really have one of the best years of his career this year. Agree. So would you, would you take him first round? No, even, no. even knowing he's not going to be there second round, you're still not worth it. Okay. Well, no. again, it goes back to those quarterbacks. No. I, there's a I, lot I, of quarterbacks. I, I just, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I quarterback is at best second round for me and it has to be one of those top two, top three, whatever you rank those as to get in that, conversation for myself I think I've tried that in the past it just the amount of points I don't know I, I just feel like to spread it around with wide receiver or running backs more important than one guy in quarterback um, but Aaron Rodgers is definitely worth like high second round if you can somehow get that snake back yeah I, I agree I take him there. agree um so clearly, like you said, you have A.J. Green no matter what. Um, McCoy is pretty much a shell of himself, yep. and they ran him into the ground there in yep. Buffalo. So If it's not snowing, I'm not picking up McCoy. Nope, nope. That's that's about the only place left he's got yep. is when it's, uh, when it's about six feet yep. foot of snow. That's, it. that's his best quality. Uh, it is Buffalo. It is Buffalo, so you never know. But, it's a, again, he's good for, like, one game a year. Uh, Fitzgerald, I just don't think, and I think they're Gosh, he's still playing? <laughs> He's still his, there. his ceiling is about 11 points. That's that's kind of the most you can hope for. So he's definitely now a depth wide receiver pick for like, you know, your bye weeks. Yeah, he's my he's a flex at best at this point. Yeah. Um, and then these are guys that are kind of jobbers to begin with, but I just put them on there because I was kind of trying to find some people like Randall Cobb, Joe, uh, Joe Flacco, Jimmy Graham, Delani Walker. So let's talk about like, Joe Flacco. He's got, you know, you talk about new coaches, new system, new trust. You know, he left Baltimore in a very – awkward way he you know someone came he got injured someone took his job he never got it back and then they he taught that guy a little bit and then they sent him on his way so he's got a little chip on his shoulder this year yeah i don't know 
I mean, he's never really been a dynamite quarterback. He's I mean, been a he's chucker. Been a, he chucks it. And he's above average game manager for sure. But I they I don't know. They got a lot of young guys in Denver, so I don't even know. I have one of the wide receivers, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, on my fantasy league. Or, I'm sorry, on my dynasty league. But, as again, just more of a flyer sleeper pick that you do in that kind of league. But I, I don't know what they – you know, they have Cortland Sutherland at, as their top guy. But, again – is Joe Flacco the guy to get him the ball the way Peyton Manning got uh, Demarius Thomas the ball? And the only other option is Emmanuel Sanders in the slot, right? I mean, yeah. And so, I mean, that, that they don't have some talent at wide receiver. It's just, is he the right guy to get them the ball rather than them make him better? So, sure. And it seems like they're uh, trying Flacco. to emulate the Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning era where they pull off a yeah. veteran quarterback and say, hey, we can get you a Super Bowl if you come with us. And, Take less money. So those are mine. Is there anybody else uh, over the hill that we didn't mention that you would do not draft? Yeah, I mentioned all the ones that uh, I had on my board for being too old and that I could think of right off the bat. I forgot about Larry Fitzgerald because, again, I thought he was already an announcer or an analyst at this point. Yeah, he's still lacing them up out there in the desert. So we'll, we'll see with the air raid offense if they spark some new life into him. Um, so uh, going from do not draft to dig, doing some digging, uh, is there any specific sleepers out there that you have on your radar or – is there a way that you look for sleepers if if you haven't really pegged anybody yet? <laughs> My sleepers all come from Alabama. Uh, anybody from Alabama is a pretty good sleeper to me. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Why, why is that? Um, they teach kids how to play NFL-style football. That's essentially what they do in practice is get them ready for the NFL. So if, if there's a running back that has a roll tide tag on him, or wide receiver, you should absolutely look at them in the 15th and 16th round. Even if you never heard them before, they're from Alabama. I guarantee you, they'll put up some numbers at some point. Oh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, maybe. Well, that that feel that's a good thing to know. Maybe I'll pick up some of these guys and see if you want to trade for them uh, after the draft is over. Yeah, I mean, possibly I'll take an, an eagle here or there. Darren Sproles, go yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, what's what was the other, Riley Cooper? Is he still playing? Uh, no, 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 he's probably back in the backwoods of Florida right now. But yeah, I actually don't have too many sleepers yet on my radar. Um, again, it's actually probably more of the those rookies I was talking about I think uh, so. from my rookie draft. Um, and that that's a lot to me where the big sleepers come from. The rookies and second year players. Uh, that's where you got to try to see if you can find, you know who they are versus where they are in the depth chart and like what needs are at certain on certain teams. I, I think that you got to look a lot of teams don't have good running backs and they're doing it by committee. But if they picked up a running back in the second or third round, maybe the fourth round, and you kind of know what the kind of player he is just based on your research, you might be able to find somebody there and the running backs always the one where I'm trying to find the sleeper that and the wide receiver. Cause a quarterback is not that one. I like, the, the Mahomes and the uh, Deshaun Watsons, I mean, they aren't sleepers in the same sense because, I mean, their first round overall picks, it's just that when do they come on the field, will they light, you know, and, and then they did light it up when they did. So th- that's a little less of sleeper territory. Here, here, here's the thing about Mahomes. Everyone has a year of game tape on, you know, whereas before he came in as a rookie, no one – really knew what to do. I mean, they had a little bit of footage, but now they have a full 16 games to go back and go, okay, this is what he did at this play. And so I feel like it's much more difficult for them to recreate 
that same sort of dynamic offense that second year because defenses have now kind of keyed up to what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting. Plus they had a lot of turnover and turmoil in Kansas City with some of their offensive weapons. So I I don't know if they'll keep able to run it back. But I mean, Mahomes is the talent. I mean, I don't think there is. It's just a matter. Is he going to reach the same heights that he did last year? And that's why a lot of people have him as the top overall quarterback. And I I would even be hard pressed to pick him in the second round, to be honest. I don't think I'm I'm using my picks on him. You're not going to, and he's going to go, he's going to go no, second round. He's, he's absolutely going to go second round. Um, and I, and I'm not using my pick on, I him. would be amazed if he's, if he's there in the third, I will use a pick on him. If he's still there in the third round, I will, I will light that fire all day long because he's totally worth it. If he's in round. the third, I would take a pick on, him. is he worth a first round pick? A late no, first round. He's pick absolutely not. Again, there's so many more quarterbacks. Yeah. He's going to throw the ball far and Tyreek Hill will catch about five or six touchdowns this year for about 65 yards. But when is that going to happen? You know, it's, it's one of those things that can they sustain that? And they didn't seem to last year. Yeah, and that's always the question is, like, after somebody's a blowout year, what are they going to do to follow it up? And it's always hard to hit the levels of that he hit. Like, the amount of touchdowns and yards and some of the games he had were just unbelievable. And I, I think I agree with you. There's going to be more tape on him, so it's going to be harder for him to replicate that. Um but okay, going off of talking about some of these uh, sleeper quarterbacks. So, what do you? We talked about a little bit about the RB uh, zero running back strategy again last week. Uh, what are your thoughts on the idea of like a zero quarterback strategy, where you just kind of go for broken, wait till like the sixth or seventh or eighth round to even think about drafting a quarterback, and then either hopefully you strike something still a good value pick that gets you maybe an average of like you know, 15 points to 18 points a game or just stream a quarterback after that? Like those two fall, fold into that idea. So what is your just general take on that idea? If you don't get your top five quarterbacks, like if you have a list and you, like I told you to do at the beginning, if you don't get one of those top five, I would not worry about it. I would completely just shift over to the tight ends, shift over to the wide receivers and just get as many of them as you can at that point. You know, maybe you can use them to trade, but there's so many people like Baker Mayfield who are going to put up yards who aren't necessarily um, sixth, seventh round quarterbacks yet. You know what I mean? People aren't valuing them. Uh, you know, he's got a whole bunch of weapons this year. Um, it's his second year. It's actually his team. He's at all. You think Baker Mayfield's higher up on the list? Yeah, I think he's he's going to be like probably like I think the sixth or seventh quarterback taken. I do. Okay. But I, but I, get I don't have him as my top five. Where, it depends on where you see him at, but I do think specifically him is going to go higher, but that's part of the question. It's like, it was just an example. He was just the example of, of people not valuing a quarterback where they should. There, there are other quarter, like who is the Baltimore quarterback? Uh, Lamar Jackson. Yes. Lamar Jackson. So that's another one sort of like Baker Mayfield. He's going to have rushing yards. He's going to throw the ball and make the receivers have to make a move. So he's going to get you those, you know, 10 to 20 points that you want. There's no reason to pull him off you know, third, fourth, fifth, when you can get them. Yeah. Sixth, seventh, and, and ninth. And, but like the idea that even with your top five, like not picking a quarterback till like the seventh round, even beginning to think about it, like, and that's kind of the RB strategy, zero RB strategy where you won't even go until like the sixth round and then take, you got it. But that's where you then try to find those value running backs that are going to be solidly consistent, just not going to be, it gets really tricky game though. changers. It's harder with running back. I think with quarterback, that, that's what I was going to say, but like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of just not even considering a quarterback until like round seven, because I just think the mid tier of quarterbacks still get you such great value where you can get them later, where you can still 
those skill positions can if you can focus a lot of your draft capital in there it keeps those that that'll get you more points overall right and where does cam newton fall he's another one of those that could be like a sleeper quarterback this year because everyone thinks he's about is to that quit the, i didn't even hear that is that the rumors now with his foot is he, he, he he's he, he's got a new throwing style he got injured last year his head isn't in it i've heard a lot of stuff that it's not the same oh, cam so newton anymore. He, he, so i guess that hasn't your luck i guess it hasn't gotten around as much as i thought that's essentially what i've heard is like they're kind of worried, and I don't think he's like that. Knowing him from Auburn, seeing that sort of competitive drive, I don't think him and his father will let him. Got quit. it. All right, unless he has a chat with Andrew Luck, if he, hopefully he doesn't pass him in the uh, supermarket or something. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, I think that's it for today. Let's wrap it up. Uh, any bold predictions you want to give us this week? Last week was you thought the Patriots going to miss the playoffs. Could be it could be real or fantasy. I think we, I think we I think I think we should give a bold prediction about our own live draft. You know, what is, what is, what, and, and, and your bold predict, you almost already gave one saying that someone would go first round, um, or like Pat Mahomes or something like that was something you had said, you know, like Pat Mahomes goes first round or something like that, where I was, it was blowing my mind to think that we would pull that trigger so quickly. Um, bold prediction. So, uh, fine with our draft, I will say that Baker Mayfield goes, uh, in the first three rounds i like it first three rounds and i had him further down like five or six seven i could say honestly my my gut says more fourth four rounds but i just thought i'd i, I thought i I thought i'd live it no up no i like your third i i i, 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 third. I i'm trying to well, almost yeah let's make it bold. how much you are let's make it bold. valuing him of how much i think everybody else is valuing him i say a defense goes in the sixth round how about that that'll be my bold prediction i think that's fair especially with this way this league goes some if somebody's just gonna do it they're gonna we don't we don't have Jason this year, and I feel like he was the one that always picked a kicker or a defense way before he was supposed to. Yeah, we have to. Frankie back though, and I think he'll he was, he's definitely one of somebody who makes something wild card. Like All right, well, uh, where can people reach you at, Alex, if they wanted to follow you? You can reach me at Think Curly at Twitter or Think Curly at Instagram. I'm at both of those places. Fantastic. All right, well then uh, you can reach me at Jay Stravs on Twitter. That is the best place to get me. Uh, if uh, there's nothing else I'll talk to you hopefully let's try to do one more before our draft uh, pre-draft podcast and any last minute thoughts and we'll let's do it at Jake's house let's get there at nine and uh, and set up and just do it right there and have some of the guys come over and give a couple we can do an interview or two you know just right maybe even during cornhole you know we could find a moment maybe we'll do that maybe we'll do a little bit of uh, uh sideline reporting from the uh the draft yeah, right from the let draft the fans get party, the experience cornhole uh we'll do some sideline reporting asking a few questions yes. uh i think we can do it we'll make it happen all right i'll talk to you then i think it'll be fun later let's do it wah, wah, wah. Then the last thing I just wanted to touch on was um, this rookie draft that I had, and I just wanted to get your take on what, um, where these players kind of, uh, what you think about these rookie players and where you might take them um, 
and also kind of like what is your feeling on like rookie players oh sure rookie players are generally players i stay away from um i i go i'd rather go with a third year player than a rookie player just because it's so unknown and my strategy is i want the best average out of the player and i don't have any sort of uh data when they're rookies unless i've followed their college team and, and I know the team they're going to. So a lot of times that's the, the benefit that you have in that dynasty league is that you're getting this extra research that the normal, you know, redraft league player doesn't do. They don't, it's not even, it doesn't really occur to you to go, okay, I'm just going to take the rookies and just look at them. They think I'm going to take a sleeper and they don't, they, they take everybody on the yeah. list. They don't even just. And this almost falls back a little bit into, into that sleeper that. conversation we just had a few minutes ago where this is where I put my big stock in sleeper picks is the rookies. Um, and like the top five here were three running backs and two wide receivers. So it's Josh Jacobs running back of Oakland, Miles Sanders running back in Philly. Where, where, excuse me, where is Josh Jacobs um, from? Where did he play in college? I don't. Where did he play? Um, uh, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. That's a, he, he's Roll one tide of those. Mean? I don't. I don't that know. If you want to get, uh-huh. yeah, uh huh. He he's a, a a Bama all the way. So uh, he's one of those that again gets the pass. That I go. I don't need any. I, I actually did get to see him. So, but if I hadn't, you know, based on my strategy, he automatically goes on my list. I'm automatically going to take him. Are you going to take him no, pretty high? No, he. I'm still just going to let him sit there. I'm not. I'm not going to reach for him I think, necessarily. I, I think, you're asking, I think top where do I value the rookie? I'll, I'd be amazed if he went top three rounds. Um, they, 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 he's yeah, not he even the starting uh, running back, but he's not right now. On the depth um, chart, he is not. He's an, he's an eighth rounder. He's seventh or eighth, in my opinion. No, I, I don't plan on getting him, though, because, again, he's a rookie, and I, I steer clear of rookies as best I can. But you're asking for a sleeper pick? That's who I was alluding to when you asked, you know, who, who would I view? He's one of the sleeper picks that... Um, I'm hoping people aren't paying attention to, uh, but he's also on the Raiders. You know, it's another one of those things you have to think team wise. I mean, he's got Gruden, so that's great, but they've also got a lot of drama. Uh, yeah. And that's why that is why to me, he's slightly risky pick just cause it's the Raiders. And I mean, they are going to be either sink or swim either. They are just going to come out guns blazing. Everything's going to click or they're just going right. to turn into this huge dumpster fire. Uh, and, and that's 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 the risk of and, and they, they will turn will, into a dumpster fire. Here's my take on Oakland overall. John Gruden and that whole situation is I've seen this kind of before. Uh, John Harbaugh with the Niners, uh, Rex Ryan with the Jets, where these bellicose like know-it-all guys come in. They kind of turn the team around for yeah. like a season or two and they make them one of the top teams or a half pretty much for a half. They do it the first half, and the second half they stop playing. That's what they did all that. Well, San Fran was good for they made it to the NFC Championship this first year or second year. But anyway, the point is though they burn fast, they yeah. burn bright, but they burn fast, and then they die fast. So that's my take on Oakland. And I have my inclination is they're going to come out and play really well. Like you said, maybe even just for the first half of football, but they are going to play very well for a little bit. Whether it's the whole season or not, I don't know. But he's going to burn out after like the second or third season. Like it's going to turn it's going to turn over and to this just chaos and it's it's not it's not going to work long term so big time redraft leagues i think jacoby jacobs is worth a higher round pick in redraft i don't and i had the number two overall pick in my redraft for rookies i'm sorry in my uh dynasty rookie draft and i took miles sanders i probably would have taken miles sanders 
with the number one overall pick as well, and he's the Philly running back. The problem with them, again, we talked last week, they have a committee sort of approach. Now, I'm under the belief that if he were to establish himself, which I do think is possible, they will go with with him. Like, they aren't, like, wed to the committee idea. It's just that that's the talent level they've had. It's best to go with committee. Um, The next... Yeah, but I do think if there's a guy who shows that he's a legit bell cow back, which a lot of people think Sanders is... I believe they would then start handing him the ball more than the other players and everybody else would just be a change of pace or, um, you know, goal line back, that kind of thing. The next one is uh, David Montgomery running back. He's on Chicago. Uh, so they traded Jordan Howard to Philly, leaving open a spot there. They drafted Howard and, or I'm sorry, they drafted Montgomery and everybody sees him as the bell cow, like three down back from the beginning of day one Tariq Cohen's just going to be your change of pace guy as he always been he's not going to get much more than what he's had so I think he's another good kind of sleeper pick that in that mid round if you're trying to fill out your depth chart as your second running back backup running back on your bench that's the guys I think are he's he's not a bad pick uh personally I'm, I'm not gonna go for him just because Chicago they stacked uh, people stacked eight men in the in the box against them last year and made those running backs really have to work for yeah, yards. Yeah, but they have good. They have a good quarter. They have a good quarterback. They have solid wide receivers. I think they're going to be able to. I think. I think the defense are going to okay. be honest with them. All I right, think well, Montgomery's they can good. prove me wrong. Decision between Montgomery and Sanders. I think long term Sanders is going to be the better back and more productive back. I think up front, short term, David Montgomery. In my opinion, he's on the better team with the better quarterback, though. So it's... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I agree. That's the situation, I think, slightly better. But I do think Montgomery could be a little bit better in the beginning, be the better running back than Sanders. But long term, not as much. But now in a redraft league, that is something to consider. Like, I would probably take Montgomery over Sanders yeah. in that mid-round pick if they're both available. Just because I think that I could get uh, certain quicker returns off Montgomery than I would Sanders. Sure. Like, like you're saying, you get, you get value out of him the first half and then you can figure out your team later. Yeah. So the next couple picks were wide receivers. The next four picks were wide receivers. And they're all at that point, just a potpourri of picks that like wide receivers always a long-term play most of the time in dynasty and in redraft are a lot of times off the board or are those late, late round picks that you go with um, in a redraft league if you're trying to find a flyer of like maybe a breakout wide receiver, but they, to me, don't even register. And none of these guys are, th- are that high profile uh, that I would really consider uh, before like the seventh round, eighth round. Um, from there, we got a couple tight ends again, tight ends on a deep position. So again, they might jump up higher maybe in the mid rounds. If you're trying to take a flyer on a tight end that you need, cause it's not a deep position tight end. Uh, it's almost a t- tight end is going to be a tough position this year. It was terrible last year. Tight end almost has less depth than running back. The only difference is that running back, you need two where you only need one tight end. The next one. Uh, oh, here's a question. Uh, like Kyle Murray, the wide rec- uh, quarterback for Arizona. That should be an interesting second backup quarterback. If anybody takes a flyer on him. Yeah. See, and, and that goes back to the fact that the quarterbacks are so big in depth this year and you can take a younger one and still get you 20 points per game. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance he could be the Mahomes of this season, uh, especially with the new coach and the, and the type of offense he's supposed to run. It's a possibility. There's no film. His running back has fresh legs. Yeah. And he has a great running back that can help balance out that offense. And he has a bunch of wide who people aren't talking about because he has a boring name. You know, it's it's not fun to say David Johnson, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. 
McCaffrey, Saquon. So from there, we got oh, then more wide receivers. Uh, oh, the curious one, though, is uh, in the first pick of the second round of this rookie draft, uh, Daryl Henderson, the running back for the Rams, that is the rookie. Is an interesting. Hey, I like it. I I like that. See, but that's, I like that move. But now, what do you do in redraft leagues with this whole Todd Gurley and? Um, well, that's the only way I draft this person okay. is if I have Todd Gurley. You know, we talked about that. I'm waste. I'm wasting another one of my picks. But then, but then, are but then are you jumping up higher to make sure you get him because a lot of people think he might take a lot of carries away from Gurley this year. And then you're almost going into t- committee territory. Yeah, I don't think I go reach for him if he's still there when I need when I don't know what to do when I can't think of what my sleeper is and I'm just looking for I've filled my roster and I'm just trying to think for the future you know ninth round if he's still there if he's not there that's fine you know uh, someone else took him but you know it's it's a good concern it's a nice concern it's there's a reason that people would want to draft him. yeah so I, I find that whole running back situation LA curious because of the drafting of that rookie running back and they're in their real third round. So from there, I'll wrap this up with two more players. Uh, they're wide receivers. The ones that I find interesting are Eagles wide receiver, JJ Akaraga Whiteside. I'm probably butchering that name, um, but he is their rookie wide receiver. Wow. And he's had a <laughs> solid preseason. Yeah. Um, he was a third round pick when they already had pretty deep at wide receiver, but they're obviously looking long term but yeah i mean isn't alshon jeffrey still an eagle he's still an eagle uh um, yeah i'm blanking now uh, oh well they brought back deshaun jo- uh, jackson and um they still have uh drought blanking on his name their slot receiver from usc uh bad fandom wow you might as well take that eagles flag down i know Mm, sad. Well, I got a lot of I got a lot of other wide receivers on my mind with, with fantasy football. You have some more research to do before Saturday, apparently. Yeah, let me just click through <laughs> Whiteside making an impression. Nelson Aguilar. There That's it is. Guy. Yes. I knew I'd get it. I just had to jack my mind. Um, so he just has had a great uh, off season. Uh, Everybody loves him, and he's got a great quarterback, and he's kind of the future. So it's a question: Will he make any impact? He's in the- sort of like Amari Cooper. He's Amari Cooper for the Eagles. He's going to catch the ball some of the time, and when he does, it'll be good. But he's also going to drop the ball. Yeah, and I just think it's almost—I mean, wide receiver there—they're so deep too. It's not going to be a consistency of catches game in and game out. Um, the question is just. Uh, no, and they've got Ertz still. They still like their tight end in the red zone. And they have two tight ends that are top tight ends in all of football. Um, oh, that's right. That other tight end came out at the very end of last year. As the Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, Dallas Godard. Yeah. I, I have him on my dynasty league as my tight end. And, of course you do. Uh, but again, he's not gonna he's not going to light the world on fire yet, but he's going to get his catches. But again, there's so many targets now. No. Nichols, it's questionable about their picking some of their players because of the amount of targets. And the last one is this, I'll wrap this up and this ties back into the Arizona team, Andy Isabella. Uh, but they also have other wide receivers there. Christian Kirk, I think is the other one Fitzgerald's still there and they drafted somebody else. Um, oh, Hakeem Butler is the other wide receiver. The Arizona drafted. So again, a plethora of targets, a lot of young guys. It's just a question who is going to end up being the top of the chain as the season progresses. And it's really just a crapshoot. So, any of the guys on Arizona, to my mind, are, are sleeper picks. And if it's if you are looking to stock your wide receiver position in the mid to later rounds, I'd take a chance on some of those guys. Yeah, I'd go Christian Kirk would be my number one late round 
Arizona Cardinal wide receiver. If you're going to take one, he's the one that I think will get because he's younger, whereas the quarterback's younger. I mean, yes, Fitzgerald may have some sort of connection with uh, Kyler Murray, but at the same time, you know, you see that when two guys have just been on the practice field together. You know, I just, you know, when they're in that same age, they've been hanging out, they just, they, they build a rapport. And I feel like that could happen between Kirk 